The truth is I didn't have the dedication because I didn't believe in myself. So having that belief system within you and saying, I will do this, I can do this, and even if it's not fast, I will get it done, will help you along the way. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Thriving Over Surviving podcast, where we discuss the ups and downs of our autoimmune diagnoses, but ultimately how we thrive in spite of it. I'm your host, Edie Sahesian. I was diagnosed in 2015 with multiple sclerosis. I've learned a lot about MS in myself over the past few years, but the most important thing I realize is that I am going to live my best life. And that is what thriving means to me. But what thriving means to each person is different. And that's what we explore on this show. MS and other autoimmune diseases tend to be a bit of a bummer if we let them. So why not battle back by finding our joy? When I say Iron Man, what comes to mind? For me, it would be an extreme athlete in the shape of your life and a man. Well, my guest today is a nature-loving, adventurous woman who refuses to give up and pushes the limits no matter how hard it gets. And yes, she is training for an Ironman. Let's chat it up with Lisette. Hi, Lizzie. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I am well. Thank you for taking the time to be here with me today. So let's share with the listeners a little bit about your background and your diagnosis story of being treated for MS. Yeah, of course. So I feel like we all have a similar story where things just don't feel right and you keep going on the search. For me, I was like a teenager and I would tell my mom, like what I recall is crying to her every morning, telling her mom my bones hurt. I feel nauseous, my body just doesn't feel right, and I would be trembling. And my mom would do everything she could and send me to the doctor. But like most of us, we would go to the doctor and they would say, I don't find anything. So I wasn't, I wasn't really taken seriously as a teenager. And as I grew up, so I was about 14 years old, we just decided to let it go. And more as in my mindset, I was like, nothing's wrong with me. I don't want the wrong kind of attention. And we would have like discussions, like at least with my brother, it was nothing bad because we didn't know. He would be like, stop trying to get that attention. You're fine. And I went to college and I got used to all the symptoms of nausea, fatigue. My legs felt like very tingly all the time. And I thought it's probably because I'm in sports. I felt like I was just doing something wrong. Then my freshman year of college, things started going more south. And my friends would mention like, hey, it's it's not normal to be feeling this way. And I would be like, no, this is this has been my life. It's it's okay. And then I had a college sweetheart at the time and I was going through a stressful time. So you already know that heat, humidity, and stress create your symptoms to exacerbate. And one of my stresses, you know, neurological disorders and a new flare and I lost my vision. So that's what got me diagnosed is fully losing my vision on my eye. My eye was swollen. It just hurt for about two weeks and my boyfriend just said, enough, I'm going to take you to the ER. But instead of telling me I'm taking you to the ER, he said he was going to take me to a sushi date. And I was expecting to go out to eat 
and I was in the front of the ER and he's like, we're going in, something's wrong with you, you can't see, you're stumbling, your words are slurring sometimes, you're not the same person. So <laughs> I was like, all right, cool. And the doctor just asked me like, hey, when did this start? And I'm like, yeah, two weeks ago. And I tried to throw him under the bus. It's just that he annoys me. I roll my eyes. I stretch the muscle. So he was like, yeah, that you can't stretch a muscle on your eye. And so I got in an MRI. Then I got in one again. They ordered a spinal tap. And this is when I began to get very scared. And then they just told me, they told me that I have multiple symptoms because I have have multiple sclerosis and that I had too many scars so they think I started as a teenager and I just thought it was a word for a moment so it never actually hit me it was more of like oh it's an answer and I guess day by day it hits you different even if years pass um, it's not even like the acceptance of it is when you flare up it's a new a new you a new way of getting used to you. So that that's basically like how it happened and every day I guess it's not a new challenge but it's figure out what works best for you or listening to your body and becoming in tune with yourself and even talking to yourself like maybe this isn't the best option for me just because it's not that you can't handle it but it's just it, it is what it is. Yeah, I like what you said there. You have to get used to the new you, the new what your new normal is. And I think that everybody can probably relate to that. I have experienced that as well. And it seems as though on the outside, you're dealing with it very well. But I understand also that on the inside, you're like trying to manage every moment. So... How many years has it been since the initial diagnosis? It's been since 2013, so about eight years. And you had it probably six or seven years before that? Yes, which I, I do feel a lot healthier now since I like got to meet myself again and understand myself again and know why things happen the way they do. What do you contribute to that? Have you changed anything in your life? Mm -hmm. I believe food is medication, also the mindset you have, but overall just changing what works best for you because just because I eat a certain way doesn't mean it's going to work for someone else. So overall is I did my research because I kept flaring up for a couple of years in my university and they had these predictions of like, you're not going to walk anymore. You're not going to be able to see on your left eye anymore. And I didn't take that as like, this is going to be you. I said, I know myself more than anyone else and I'm gonna do what I can do. And I asked myself, am I really giving my 100%? Like I say I'm fighting, but am I really? So I did my research and I figured out what foods caused me to get uh, my symptoms more exacerbated. So anti-inflammatory foods is what I focused on. And I told myself, like, even though they're telling me this, I need to find a doctor that tells me it's going to be possible. So just changing your doctor, changing to someone that's going to listen to you, that's going to give you the best intentions in mind. For me, it wasn't like at the beginning, they gave me a load of medications that I was overwhelmed with. And I didn't want to take a lot of medication. So I found a doctor who was going to 
remove them from my life and tell me that I could work on it. So I continued signing up for physical therapy, signing up for studies to better understand multiple sclerosis, and changing my food habits, and little by little, I started feeling the difference. Now, even though my brain says one thing, the beautiful thing about the brain is that it just connects. You can relearn things. Maybe it's not going to be the same thing. But if you continue doing the same movement and doing the same patterns and trying your best to have that connection to your brain, it, it's possible. So I wasn't taking stairs. I was dragging. I have foot drops still sometimes, especially with the heat but it's not as severe as it was. So just changing every little thing, even if it's a tiny thing, it does matter, it goes a long way. And being patient with yourself saying, maybe this year isn't the year that I'm gonna do this, but if I keep focusing on it, I'm gonna be able to run. So it took me a years to actually start running long distances. And it's the truth is I didn't have the dedication because I didn't believe in myself. So having that belief system within you and saying, I will do this, I can do this, and even if it's not fast, I will get it done, will help you along the way. So just having all that and even the support of people who believe in you, um, is worth it. It, it. it is worth it. I feel a lot healthier. I did flare up this year, but it's not as severe as I used to feel. And even mentally, I feel stronger to the point where I'm like, I could take this. It's going to be okay. I've been here before. It's not permanent. And you just have, how you said, it's your new normal and you just have to listen to it. And I learned how to like become my own best friend. We, we criticize ourselves, whether it's silent or not, we're our worst bullies and we put ourselves down all the time because we didn't do something right, because we don't feel good, because we can't do certain things. So we just have this mentality and I have conversations and it sounds silly, but I do tell myself like, just for today, you could do whatever you want tomorrow, but just for today, can you just like put yourself together? Can you make this easier on me? I need you at least for 30 minutes. Just 30 minutes or an hour and and then we could talk tomorrow you could you could do whatever you want but just at this moment I want you to work with me because you have to show yourself that you you are in control no matter how you feel no matter what your body's doing to you you haven't you have the control for that even with your emotions you have the option to react the way you want to react you could be like I I'm I'm sorry or why me or have this like attitude about it in general or you could be like, okay, challenge accepted. We're still doing it. It's gonna suck, but I need to get this done. And it's just that mentality of just pushing yourself and making sure you're doing the right thing for you. I'm sure at any level of disability, let's say, right, because of the MS, you can do just a little bit of something to help get you through a little bit more every day. And so having that mindset is super, super important. So you've come a long way since your diagnosis, since you were feeling that initial tingling in your legs and nauseous feeling, achy in your bones. What would you say at this point has been your proudest accomplishment? Acceptance. It sounds small, but it's, I think acceptance is a, a big step just because if you don't like accept or believe in yourself you're you're just going to be stuck so when i did get diagnosed even though it was just a word 
it was also accepting that there was an answer to it and you weren't you weren't crazy it was accepting that there is solutions it was accepting that this is who i am and i love myself and i'm not gonna put myself down it was accepting just life itself and accepting to live so i know it's just one word but it's always like there's days where i just like i want to put the towel down i give up but it's accepting you know that i have so much more to live for it's Again, for me, it was a word. It's just a word. It shouldn't define me. It shouldn't do anything in that sense, even when it gets hard or it has, you know, your dark moments. It's just acceptance. I feel like that was my biggest accomplishment overall. And every day that I'm able to accept that, you know, I could do this or this is a day, I'm able to get through it. Damn you, MS. I'm going to do this. Whatever you try to do to me, I am going to do 10 times better than whatever you're trying. I love that acceptance. It's not, it's not just a word because I think it goes back to that mindset thing you were saying. If you didn't have the acceptance of this is where I'm at, then it's hard to move forward. And Mm -hmm. for probably two and a half, three years after my diagnosis, I pretended it didn't exist. And I kept doing everything and I kept getting sicker. So I'm with you, lady. How did you get to that point? Was there something that helped you get to that acceptance or a human that was with you, supporting you? What did, what was that thing for you? I think I pick up, I like to tell people I studied food and beverage and culinary and baking. Um, I, I like to think that we're a recipe and everybody's a little spice in life. So they just add a little bit to us. I don't think I'm just me as an individual. I learn from people and I'm able to absorb the flavors I want to absorb. So when I got diagnosed, I tried to find that community for me, the one that we have now, which is very beautiful. But unfortunately, I was unable to. I would go to like some talks and it was just very negative. And I said, no, this is not what I want for myself. So I started YouTubing people. And there was this girl who was a runner and I love sports so much. And I get like all giddy, even like in the morning news, if something inspirational happens, I'm the type of girl to like cry about it because I'm like, that's so beautiful. But there was this girl, Kayla, who was just running and she had MS and she was falling during her run. And I was like, oh my gosh, that happens to me. But she like went off to actually get a, a scholarship and like is living her life right now still. And it's very beautiful. And I said, that, that could be me. That could, I could do that. And I want to go back at running. I want to go do all the stuff I love to do. And it doesn't have to be a track star. It could be any type of thing I want to do. I just need to set my mind and be stubborn about it and say, no matter what, even if I'm slow, I'm going to make it happen no matter what. Because we we change the things we love all the time or our goals. Like this year, I'm going to do this. And this year, I'm going to do that. And I just started doing a bucket list. And I told myself, like, you need to listen to this and you're going to be able to do anything you put your mind to, or you're going to find another solution and make it happen for yourself. So that's how I started becoming the person I am is absorbing those beautiful energies and the possibilities that are still 
like endless if you actually put your mind to it. I got to say, it's it would be so lovely for me to tell everyone that I'm doing this for the good of the people. And this is a super selfish thing I'm doing with this podcast because talking to people like you, I'm like, if you could do it, I should be able to do this. Let's keep going. And it sounds like you get your vibes from other people too. What brings you the most joy in your life? Nature. Just, just being present. It's beautiful to just be present and listening and seeing what beautiful surroundings you have. I want to say that's like my overall joy, but making a difference, like how you say I want to be selfish, making a difference, even if it's a little smile, it makes me happy, especially during these past two years. If I can make like a little difference in this like little dark stages of our lives, it brings me happiness because I know that we're all going through something, especially now, even with MS, just having that difference and being present and being in nature is what makes me the most joyful. How do you incorporate that nature into your everyday life? I don't have issues with it because I do live in a national park. <laughs> so it's always surrounding me. So I, I am very blessed. Uh, it's not difficult to, to make that happen for me. But before that, when I lived in a city, I ensured that I made time for self-care. I made sure I made time to be in nature, to ground myself, even if it was like, I'm gonna do my homework outside in the grass and I would put a picnic blanket and just like, you know, do my homework outside or plan things with my friends or even on my own. And especially on my own, did I realize that I was getting to know me. I don't believe we all fully know ourselves, even though we're with ourselves 24 seven, we don't ask ourselves, how am I? So it's just like being in the present moment. I watch your social media and it's just beautiful. I am not a nature girl like that. In fact, I'm kind of afraid of the woods and falling. It, since I was a young kid, I don't I don't know why. I think I fell, I tripped over a branch or something and I'm scarred for life. But it is so beautiful to watch it through you. And so I know that you use the opportunity of being in that park to help you train. Can you tell us some of the things you're going through to train for that Ironman? I think Ironman training in general, it is so hard, even for a person that doesn't have anything. You have to have that discipline. And sometimes I tell myself, like, what am I doing? Like, what am I even thinking? And then I have those moments, I'm like, oh, I got this under the bag. I'm doing good. But most of the time, it's just that mental training. It's not even mostly like, if you talk to doing an Ironman, there's a point where your body's telling you, I need to stop. I need, I need, I need a break. And it's telling your brain, like, you got this, you've been working for this. I think it's more of the mental blockages that have a, a challenge. Now with the MS, oh, it just, it yields me sometimes. So I've been heat training and I'm like, this is how you're going to feel when you do the Ironman. So you have to know what you're going to do. I do get blurry vision when it gets too hot. I do not feel my legs when it gets too hard. I'm obsessed with hiking, but when I begin to hike, it's just this ringing in your ears and everything's just so sensitive. And for me, like I joke with like my friends uh, and even my boyfriend, I'm like, just give me this moment when I begin so I could get used to 
you know, my new rhythm or let it subside and your body just calms down. So just having the challenges of training with the Ironman and trying to stay consistent in everyday life. And there's always something that like brings a challenge to this training. And it's more of like the mental aspect of like, I can do it or listening to my body. Because a couple of days ago, I was not feeling good. I was saying, it's okay, do what you can. Don't push yourself and rest because rest is very important, especially with MS and say, all right, don't be hard on yourself. There's going to be days where you feel good. Take advantage of it and make it work. Recently, my hand is starting to move. I was running and I didn't listen to myself. So I, I got a good lesson from it, but I fell down once and I scraped my knee and I was like, it's fine. Everybody falls and I'm like running and my legs were just foot dropping and my body's telling me already stop, you know, and I'm like, it's fine. It's okay. I'm still running and I continue running. And next thing you know, is I Scorpio down this like boardwalk and my fingers touch my wrist and it's just swollen. It hurts. I'm not one to cry over pain, but I was in so much pain. My back was scratched. I hit the side of my face and I was like, oh, this is great. I overstretched my tendons and I was unable to like move. I can still like open a can without pain, but I, it's a reminder of like, you, you kind of need to listen to yourself because if you could have like postponed that run, that would have not happened because you have foot drop and you knew it and you just were like, it's fine. I'll just like do thriller while I'm running or just like drag myself through it. But you just have to listen to your body. Yeah. Um, yeah. Listen to your body, young lady. I feel like I need to be your mother right now a little bit because you're just pushing and pushing. But it's that word balance just keeps coming into my life. Mm -hmm. And over and over again, I got to wait sometimes and sometimes I got to push. And knowing that about yourself is so challenging, but yet super important. I'm just so inspired by your courage to keep going and keep pushing despite having those things because, listen, if there was an Olympic sport in Couch Potato, that would be me. I love to sit and watch any movie or be on my social media, and I really have to push myself to move. So it's just very awesome hearing what you do to get your mind right and keep moving I, I i tell my friends i'm a fit potato so fit potato is how you say balance <laughs> you call yourself a fit potato because i either work out really hard and make my my goals happen or i'm resting real hard and i'm watching that netflix series in one day so it's a fit potato so you should start calling yourself a fit potato that's like i love it i am totally stealing that oh my gosh that's a trip okay so with that fit potato said what do you have any tips for our listeners today that you use other than all the gems that you've shared already my biggest one is find your solution, but it's finding your solution and finding what works for you. And most importantly, finding the right rhythm in general with doctors, with food, with your lifestyles and finding a passion. Do what you love and focus on that. And how you're mentioning all these beautiful things of joy is find what brings you joy in life and make sure that 
bad word that we hate, MS, um, is just a word and it doesn't fully define who you are. I think that's it. I think you got it in a nutshell, lady. So I asked you to think of this before we talked because I am a movie person. I love them. And I want to see if my guests can stump me. So what is your favorite movie quote? Let's see if I can get what movie it's from. Okay. I don't think you're going to get what movie it's from because it's a chick flick. Uh, but it's with words that I live with. You are your own problem, but you are your own solution. Uh-huh. Some bridesmaid, there's just fighting back and forth, and she's trying to make her realize that she can't be playing the victim all the time, that we stay, not that we have a choice of what cards we're dealt with, but we choose how to react to them and how to solve them and not do anything. So sometimes we don't do anything about anything. We just stay there. And that is an answer. That is doing something, and it's nothing. So... We have problems and we also can make solutions for ourselves or make it a lot easier on ourselves if we actually work on them. So Bridesmaids, it's not a serious movie. It's comical. It's it's one of my favorite movies, but it's something that I always tell myself when things get hard. I'm like, okay, I sometimes we create our own problems. I'm like, I am my own problem, but I'm also my own solution. What am I going to do to resolve this? But yeah, I love Bridesmaids. Leave it up to you to come up with a comedy, but yet pull a learning opportunity out of it. All right. So moving on, you, you stumped me. So I kind of feel a little in myself right now. But anyways, <laughs> let's see. What is your favorite place on earth? And what is its significance to you? My favorite place on earth is actually Yosemite National Park. It's actually a beautiful place and it has taught me to keep exploring, to keep putting on new challenges. Overall, when I came here, I'm, I'm going to be completely open. I got here and I got here married, so I'm divorced. So when I got here, I got here very broken. I wasn't divorced yet. I was going through a lot of depression and I left everything. I left my treatment, I left my doctors, I left my family, my friends, and and I wanted to go back to all of that. But this place itself, nature's healing and you get to realize who you are in general. I didn't know what I wanted in life, even though it looks like it. It all looks beautiful on paper when you look at it, but when you actually are reading through it, you figure out that there's more to it. So. Being in here, I was able to to find myself, to heal myself, to be present, to to figure out everything I want in life. And I know like one of them was to do an Ironman. I just never thought it would be possible. Have I done it yet? No, but I have done a marathon and I also didn't think I would do that. I've done an ultra literally last week and I didn't think that would happen. And it's more of like this discovery and this presence of of being here and being in this place where I've healed, where I've grown, where I've discovered, whether it's physical or mental, this place has brought me a lot of happiness, a lot of stillness, and a lot of discovery. And it has become my favorite place, not only because the views are magnificent. Now to get up there, it has taught me it's really hard. Sometimes I pick the largest peak right there and I'm like, I wanna I wanna be up there. 
And when I'm going up there, I'm like, what was I thinking? And it kind of brings me to like how I am in life is like even Iron Man training. I'm like, I want to do that. And while I'm training, I'm like, what was I thinking? Like, But then you're there and it's absolutely beautiful. And it's amazing <laughs> what it could bring to you. Just, just being in your favorite place and not only utilizing it as something like beautiful usually like making it happen with your everyday like what am i learning what is nature teaching me like the day i ran my marathon recently i was like there's there's mountain lions which it's a rare occasion when there's some but i get scared and i get in my own head but there's things that show me that even though like for example that tree looks so strong it's just visualizing it and then there's a tiny little storm and it falls and it breaks and I'm like, even the strongest tree falls and breaks, you know? So it's just like seeing how elements of nature have taught me different things, like how rivers flow and just go with the flow. And I sound like a hippie, but it's just like nature has brought me so much uh, lessons and joy and discoveries. I am going to walk away from this conversation today holding a piece of you in my heart. <laughs> I am so inspired. I'm so honored to be sitting here chatting with you today. How do you inspire others to make the most out of their lives? I, I told you, you yourself inspire me. For some reason, we don't always see that, but I, I hear it. You know, I hear like, hey, you motivate me or because of you, I'm doing this. And, and I guess it's just, I guess the word is resilience. Um, it's that word that we keep saying, like pushing forward and telling people, hey, we all have something going on, all of us, all of us. And we just need to be more patient with ourselves. And with that being said, I feel like just telling people that it's possible, I guess, inspires people. But it's so difficult to just like have it within ourselves to actually consider ourselves a motivational or inspirational person. When I didn't have those people, like I didn't feel, I, I probably did, but I didn't feel like I had those people in my life to motivate me. I remember telling myself, you have to become that person for yourself. You talked about giving yourself a pep talk. I loved what you said about everyone is a recipe and they're their own spice and they add that spice and you want to absorb all of their spices and the fit potato. I'm, I'm stealing that from you. You got to find your solution, find your doctors, your rhythm, your lifestyle, your passion, and find what brings you joy, which you know, fills my heart when you said that. And definitely being that resilience, we're all looking to you and each other, and we need to be our own inspiration. So Lizzie, because this has been such an incredible conversation between us, I know the listeners are going to want to find you. So where can they go to get your, your good stuff that you're putting out there? So right now, this, this year, actually, it's a year old now. I made a new Instagram page to blog my journey and to actually, there's a lot of wonderful community members in it. So I'm so happy I did it, especially during this year, because we bring each other together. So also look who I'm following, because these people are inspirational, especially you too. So it's ms.ironman. The pictures that you post in the videos, it's beautiful. And what I really like about Lizzie is she posts the good stuff and the struggles. 
and she posts that she needs other people to to give her ideas and and things to pull her out of those struggles. And so she is one of us. She is a spoonie like the rest of us. And she just embodies such a thriver. Thank you so much for being here with me today, Lizzie. I hope that you have a successful journey into your Ironman. Thank you. And I hope everything goes good. I'm really proud of you. And I love what you're doing for the community. And it was an absolute pleasure to meet you. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Thriving Over Surviving podcast. If you would like to join our growing community of thrivers, there are a lot of ways to do so. Visit the website at thrivingoversurvivingpodcast.com. There you'll find links to all our social media, my blog, and lots more. See you next time when we chat it up with another autoimmune warrior on the Thriving Over Surviving podcast. Keep thriving. Thriving.